what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bird Flock Podcast. We got a major guest today, probably the biggest that we've had so far. Um, first off, I'm going to introduce him. Uh, we got three times. It's a long list, by the way. It's going to take me some time to go through this one. Three-time Grey Cup champion, nine-time CFL All-Star, 11-time East All-Star, two-time most outstanding O-lineman, five-time most outstanding O-lineman for the East, the 10th CFLPA president, a CFL Hall of Famer, and the current head coach of the Saskatchewan University. Scott Flory, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. I'm, uh, I don't know if I can't be your best guest or biggest guest or whatever. Come on, there's, you got current <laughs> players out there that are much more relevant than I am, but I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, for the nostalgia reason, growing up, man, you were one of the, <laughs> one of the guys to watch, man. You're saying I'm old then, is what you're saying. <laughs> right. I would never say that, absolutely not. All right, so we're going to kick it off here. Um, obviously, playing in Montreal, you're part of great teams in Montreal. Montreal just won the Grey Cup. Um, seeing the fans and the way everything was celebrated, does that, does that throw it back for you and kind of had you reminiscing on some good times? Oh, absolutely. I would like to note, uh, for the record, my part in willing the team to victory as well because I know we're running around. I got kids. I'm out here uh, halfway across the, the country. Uh, but I made a point to go and get some Schwartz's smoked meat, and we had it that day, and I had smoked meat sandwiches the whole second half. And I think it uh, – I like to think I did my part to propel the boys to victory. But just watching, like, just, you know, and I mean, seeing old teammates uh, on the coaching staff. I mean, AC, uh, Anthony Calvillo, and Luke Bordeaux-Jordan. Um, I mean, a part of the coaching staff and those guys that had been there that had won a championship that – I mean, AC and I were together there back in 2002 when, you know, we won the first one in 25 years in Montreal. Um, man, it was unreal. Just the the parade and just the flood of memories. And and just, I spent 15 years of my, my life there in, in that city. And it's uh, uh, just a phenomenal time and just so happy for the team and to get back and to win in championships again. So from, from one champ to another, um, you know, obviously it was a long stretch where Montreal didn't win, but like I said before, you had won three of them. What made those teams, I know it was, it was different years, but at one point you went back to back. Uh, what made your, those three teams that you were on that won the great cup so special? Oh man, we lost five though too, right? Like I played in eight great cups. So it's, it's one of those where, you know, I, I think that with, with anything, sometimes, you know, you're just happy to get there. And I think early in the career, it's like, oh, it's going to happen all the time. Uh, and then you start to realize just how much work and time and effort and and just how special that group and that team has to be to be able to win a championship. Winning is hard, uh, period, at any level in any sport. You get it to professional <laughs> sport where the playing field and the caps and all that kind of stuff is designed for parity. It is incredibly hard. The level of the difference of the athletes isn't necessarily as big as it is in college or high school or even amateur sport. Um, so when you when you look at all the other factors that go into that and how you develop and grow and and bring a team together, uh, you know I I think the CFL is one of the you know one of the hardest things to be able to do to be able to 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 bring the guys together because you're talking about guys from all over North America, you know coming from way different football backgrounds and you know from top end Power Five schools in the NCAA to to you know all across U sports all across you know across this country. Um, 
But yeah, it, I mean, when you look at it at the end of it, if you're going to win a championship, is it about, it is about the locker room. It's about the leadership in the locker room. Uh, and it's about the, um, you know, the, the group of men that you have leading within the locker room. I think that that's vitally important. And, and going from the whole team to a, to a smaller aspect of the team, maybe the greatest unit I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and I say that growing up as an offensive lineman was kind of that core of the offensive lineman that you were part of that stayed together for so long. Guys like Paul Lambert, Josh Bork, Jeff Parrott, Brian Chu, just to name some. Um, like I said, it was probably the most dominant unit of, of, the to of my life that I've seen. What was about that group um, of guys that you guys work so well together and and you guys still stay in touch and, and do you try and get them to come out and coach with you or oh yeah no yeah most of those guys are out east so um yeah i mean yeah we got the the group chat going all that stuff for sure i, I think i was pretty lucky because i spanned a couple different uh eras there so coming in in 98 after i got drafted then i'm back at playing my, my last year at the university of saskatchewan but when i came in in 99 i mean it was it was myself it was pierre virtual who's a hall of famer it's zumo kk who's a hall of famer um, you know, Neil Ford was a phenomenal former NFL Baltimore Stallion, multi Greek, uh, you know, Grey Cup champion. Uh, Brian Chu ended up playing 12 years with, you know, he's not, but will be soon in the Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. So, you know, that that offensive line in 2000, you know, 2001, uh, you know, you got four like Hall of Fame guys on that. And then, and we won in 02. And then there's a little bit of a transitionary period a little bit, you know, I know myself and Chu kind of became constants there. Uh, but then as, as Uzo retired and, and Virch retired uh, is that he kind of brought in the next wave. And that's when you're talking about, you know, Josh Burke, who just got into the inducting the Canadian football hall of fame. You add in Jeff Parrott, um, you know, Luke Berger Jordan, uh, and then Paul Lambert, uh, Lambert, Andrew Woodruff, um, you know, guys like that. We, we had a, an all-Canadian offensive line. Don't forget about Luke Fritz and Dave Mudge. I mean, these are – there's seven Canadians right there um, and, and proud Canadian guys that, that were offensive linemen uh, and all playing together, man. We, so I kind of span the two, you know, distinct but incredibly talented and, and really good uh, groups uh, to be a part of. And, and yeah, it was uh, – uh, yeah, it was, it was special. It was, it, was, it was a fun, fun group to be a part of. Yeah, you just, you just touched on some massive names there uh, in, in history of CFL. Coming in, obviously, everyone comes in as a rookie, comes in young. Was there a guy that kind of stuck out to you and took you under, under your wing? And then towards the back part of your career, was there someone that you maybe took under your wing and taught them uh, how to be a pro, not only on and but off the field as well? Yeah, it, uh, when I when I came in, it was Pierre Virchival was right at the end of his career, and he was a massive influence for me. I just, I just remember, like, just – man, I would just try to do what he did. You know what I mean? <laughs> try to, try to study film, try to work out, try to, you know, eat, try to, try to mimic how, uh, you know, how professional he was um, and tried to uh, try to be like him. And he was gracious enough as a, you know, 13, 14 year vet at the time to take a, you know, a 21 year old kid from, from Saskatchewan under, under his wing. And I'll, I'll forever be indebted for that. And I'm still a good friend with Pierre now, every time I see him, I mean, it's just, uh, an outstanding man. Um, and then, yeah, it, it, and then, you know, Neil Ford and I were uh, real close to playing beside him for years. And then I think that was something that, you know, for myself, especially as I got along in the, in my career, you know, especially once you hit double digits in the back half is that is trying to, you know, you start to think a little bit about, about the standards that I came in with that tried to adhere to, 
And then how are you going to leave the program as well? And what are the standards within it? And hope that that carries forward uh, beyond beyond your time. So I try to do my part. I mean, bring along guys like like LBJ. I mean, that's still there. He's coaching. Um, you know, still phenomenal friends with with these with these guys, and I know I I could go two years without seeing them, and the next time I see them, it's like yesterday. You know, and that's that's just part of, you know, when you're part of championships with with uh, with with men like that, it's it, that's the effect that it has. Mm-hmm. You also said, and obviously people know you spent your whole career here. You spent 15 years here. At one point, did you realize that like this was kind of your second home, and you didn't want to play for anybody else, and you kind of went into the community more and more. Yeah, we we moved out there permanently. I was kind of going back and forth for the first part of my career and moved out there permanently after my second son was born in, in 2006. And we lived, we stayed, we we loved it. We didn't want to leave. It was just, there was an opportunity back here, back home uh, that was a little bit too good to pass up that it, it has me where I am today, uh, doing something I love and being the head coach at, the, at my alma mater in the University of Saskatchewan um, back here in Saskatoon. So, it, you know, I, it wasn't by design to leave. I was, I, we had planned, we love Montreal. We miss it uh, a ton. Um, my daughter was born there. Uh, she was born, well, an hour before kickoff and uh, in a preseason game. Uh, that's kind of a funny story, but yeah, just like overlooking the field, like it, it was, it was kind of weird. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we got, we got close ties there and um, yeah, I mean, Montreal is a phenomenal city. It's, it's a world-class city and, uh, and we met great people, great community. I know, I know for me and Dawson, something that uh, I hope you remember, but if you don't, it, I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it slide. But um, something that we, we remember a lot was the Scott Flory Jamboree for the Western Patriots. Um, yeah. and something that we did growing up, uh, I think it was uh, a few years, um, but you just said how much you love Montreal. You didn't want to uh, leave. What do you miss most about the city and, and stuff like that? Oh man, as a, I'm trying to lose, lose weight, get back down to pre-offensive lineman days, but the food is a big part of it. And, and obviously the, and, and the friendships too. I mean, you talk about that jamboree or with the Western Patriots. I mean, you know, I, I tried to do stuff in the community as much as I could, right. And having a young family and playing and, and I ended up getting connected with a, with a phenomenal man who's still a close friend. We text very often. And Every time I'm out there, I see a Jim Beauchamp and and Cunningham's Pub out there, and I'll give a plug there to Cunningham's Pub out in St. Anne's. Um, but I mean, Jim is just a—he's a phenomenal man, and and I got connected with him, and he was his sons, and they were connected with the Western Patriots, and like they want to do this tournament, and I'm like, man, what can I do to help? And like they did a ton of work and used my name, and I was more than happy to be there and to be a part of it and to get guys out, and um, I think that that grassroots stuff. Um, you know, it, it, I remember being that that eight, 10 year old kid and having hope and and seeing guys and just want to stay involved with the sport and, and what, uh, you know, specifically Jim and what uh, everybody in the Western Patriots and just being a part of it, I think is a big part of it for, for any athlete should should want to give back because somebody gave you your start at one point. Yeah, I'm still best friends with Jim's youngest son. So still a great guy. And, and you can plug Cunningham's anytime. Don't worry about that one. Yeah, but- absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to your, your next phase in football, and you talked talked about it. You couldn't pass it up. You went to Saskatchewan, like you said, your alma mater. Took the OC job. Um, did, is it something you knew at the end of your career that you wanted to go into coaching, or it's just when they offered you, you, you just you couldn't refuse? No, I knew pretty early in my playing career that I wanted to get into coaching. So I I graduated uh, with an engineering degree, uh, civil engineer by. I guess by, by trade or by schooling, but um, 
after my first couple of years of playing and, you know, I started, I, I did work a little bit and I just knew that football was a path that I wanted to be involved with. So I started doing all the coaching clinics and football Saskatchewan stuff way back when, um, before we moved to, to Montreal. And, and, you know, when I got there to Montreal, I tried to do as much as I could in the, in the community. I go to McGill spring camps and Concordia and try to help out. You know, I had an O-line clinic stuff that we used to do and try to organize. I knew it was going to be a part of a part of my life. And then, you know, after I was done playing, I had opportunities in the CFL and not that it, I didn't, you know, not that like at that time you had a young family and all that kind of stuff. And it just worked out. Um, I knew I wanted to be involved in the sport. I love the game. Uh, I, I love the coaching side of it. And, and I had an opportunity to come back and get involved. And then my wife too. And she was a, you know, she had worked previously with the provincial government here in Saskatchewan. It just, it all worked out and it all aligned that it got us back here. And, um, and, and yeah, and it ended up me, you know, taking over the program here too, which, which is kind of one of those dream gigs. Did Montreal ever know that you wanted to get into coaching? Like, was there ever a discussion where you would have just stayed there and, and moved from playing to coaching? Yeah. Oh yeah. When Jim was taken over, they tried to, at, at the end, I had a couple opportunities there in the CFL and there was a, there was a, a chance to stay and, um, yeah, but it wasn't, it just, it, for me, it just wasn't the right fit at the time. And you know, the, the, one of the things with coaching pro is that you got to understand that you're going to, you know, you're going to, odds are you're not going to be in the same place for very long. <laughs> Some people are exceptions to the rules. Um, but I, it, it just wasn't something that, um, that I was ready for at the time. And, and an opportunity came up with, uh, get back here to the university level. And, uh, this is great ball here. And I love coaching at the university of Saskatchewan. And since you've taken over, I guess there was like one year kind of grace period, but since then, yeah, um, you've had you've had a lot of su success, obviously, and and people that watch college football definitely know about that. So, how much did you take from from coaches that you got coached from, or play older players, and bring it to Saskatchewan with your like teaching younger kids? Yeah, my first year we sucked. I mean, you got hired late, putting together a new staff and all that kind of stuff. It was just a whirlwind. Just everything that goes along with being a head coach and just it was it was drinking out of a fire hose man it was it was it was it was it just was but but you know what that builds you uh you know you, if anything it's everything is a learning moment there and I learned a ton what to do what not to do um I think at the end of it any coach you got to be authentic you got to be who you are um because you're going to be in those moments where you can't be fake I don't I'm not smart enough to be to try and you know, be a, you know, I, I just not how I operate, right? Like I try to be as genuine as possible and surround myself here with good men and good family men that, that are going to teach the val values to these young men that, that, that I want taught to them. Um, you know, the football side of it, it's easy. It's all the other stuff outside of it, but I think you do, like I catch myself, I'll say trustmanisms all the time. And, you know, I think of Don Matthews often. I think those two guys that were, were big impact, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint on, on me, for sure, from a head coach. And then I had numerous position coaches that were all really, really good. And yeah, I think, but I think from, from, for me, from a head coaching uh, aspect, I think those two men were, uh, those were big influences. And obviously my, my college head coach, who I got to coach under, who's a hall of famer as well. And then be a colleague played under was a colleague and then able to take over the program from, from Brian Towers was also a, a massive impact uh, on me and my career as well. I wouldn't be here without him. So. Is there, I'm assuming you still, still lean on him and, and he helps you, but is there other people that you still lean on that coached you that you, you know, might just say, Hey, something arose in for my first time in my career. I don't know how to handle it type of thing. 
You know, uh, a, a good friend of mine who actually was a, a teammate back in, I think, 2004, Brad Collinson, he's the current head coach at Concordia. Brad and I are close, and he's a, we always, uh, you know, having beers, you know, I don't know if I could swear on this thing, but we shoot the, <laughs> yeah, uh, we shoot the shit back and forth and we do. So it's, it, it's one of those, you know, I mean, um, and also for me, uh, part of by design uh, in being a new head coach and, and on staff here is Jerry Friesen. So Jerry, uh, he's a former Alouette too. He played, uh, he played here at the University of Saskatchewan. He played with the Alouettes. He had a seven, eight year CFL career. Um, and he was a head coach at the university level as well at the University of Alberta for 10 years. So I, when I took over as head coach, I had the opportunity to bring Coach Freeze back to Saskatchewan. And he's been a huge impact too. I mean, I just, just every day, just shooting stuff off him and spitballing is like, whether it's a sounding board, but he's got great advice and great perspective. And uh, he is a, he's a massive uh, influence and, and impact here uh, at our program. So now that you know right now in this moment what it is to, what it takes to be a good coach and, and kind of coaches that you could see that you want, throw it back to the days of your playing days. Aside from like the guys that are coaching now, like you talked about, AC and, and Luke Brodeur-Jardin, are there guys that you saw during your playing days that you're surprised aren't coaching right now? Well, first off, I don't think I know. It's a continual learning process. <laughs> What I know today is going to change or should get better hopefully tomorrow. Right. But yeah, I mean, listen, I played with like Brian Bratton is, is coaching down at the, with the Indianapolis Colts as a receiver coach, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Marcus Brady is, uh, I think he just got an OC job somewhere yeah. else in, in the NFL, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's guys that I know that are given back at the amateur level as well, depending on where their lives took them and what their occupation, what they want to do now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jeff Parrott, I think he's still coaching. He's down in New York and his family down there and he's involved with high school ball and stuff like that. There's a ton of guys that throughout the States that are involved at the high school level. Um, you know, like it, it all depends on, on kind of where and what you want to get into. Um, you know, the coaching life and, you know, South of the border is a little bit different than North of the border. And, um, but there's all those guys, I think that you can't like, it's pretty rare that you could play professionally and not be coachable unless you're just, you know, but even still to have longevity and to play and to have a, have a career. Um, I mean, Brian Chu, you bring up another guy, Brian Chu has been coaching the CFL. He's a head coach out at top high school in Vancouver at Vancouver college out there and, and just won back-to-back -back provincial titles. I just saw him here a couple months ago. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of stuff that like, um, and I think that the guys, when you end up playing and you stay in that uh, for a long, long time and you, you know, it, uh, it becomes a big part of you and, and you want to give back and you also, you just love the game. Otherwise you wouldn't be playing it for that long, you know? So it's, it's a way to stay connected to. Yeah. So now your connections, like you just said, Brian Chu talking to him, I'm sure you've, you've gone and recruited some of his guys. And then on the other aspect, AC and, and LBJ probably talked to you about recruiting some of your guys and, and seeing, you know, for the draft and stuff like that. How much has that connection helped you kind of push your guys along more to the CFL and then helped you recruit for your team? Yeah, I mean, the recruiting part for me here within the province, I mean, I stick to basically Western Canada. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, for sure, I've, I've been fortunate to be a part of great teams and have success. So I think there's some credibility there with that. And I think that our track record and what we surround ourselves, you know, what I've been able to surround myself with here from coaches um, you know, it, we've got good reputational standing as, you know, which can be lost in a, in a heartbeat, but I think that we do. Um, you know, when I look at my athletes here and, and trying to get guys uh, to fulfill their dreams and trying to help them along the way to fulfill their dreams, 
Um, you know, I know we've had a first round pick in the last six years and every year in the last six years, something like that. I don't know how many years, but it's, you know, and we've had a, a ton of guys drafted here and given them the opportunity uh, to, to fulfill dreams and get a paycheck to play the game. It is just that though. It is an opportunity and I'm not about, you know, whatever team picks them. I that to me, that doesn't, that's irrelevant to me. Of course, I'd love guys to go to Montreal and have success out there for sure. Um, but I just want them to be in a good spot and be able to, to do what I can to help them. Uh, the one thing I don't do is I don't like when I recruit on this side of things, I'm, I'm transparently honest with guys and I am on the on going out with the CFL as well. So, uh, you know, if I'm ever going to recommend a guy, it's, it's somebody I think that has the ability or capability to fit in a locker room and be able to play uh, at that level. All right, and I just got one last question for you, and it's yeah. it's a two-part question, and I'm sure you probably know what's coming. Um, obviously, last year, there was a hole at the head coach position for the Montreal Alouettes. Did you ever get interested in, in going for that position? I know you're, you, you want to stick with Saskatchewan, you want to stay loyal to your guys, but was there ever a thought in the back of your head? And the second part of the question Anthony Calvillo was also up for the, the head coaching position. Was there ever a thought maybe, hey, you go and join him if he gets it? Uh, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, I love my job. I love my spot. I love what I do. I've got uh, my two – well, my one son's a receiver, and my other son I just recruited. He's a quarterback. So I'm going to have both my sons on my team uh, next year, and I've got a daughter that's still in, like, eighth grade here. So uh, I, I'm, I, I don't doubt at some point, Shane, I'll, I'll, I will I, – it wouldn't surprise me. I may end up being here for the rest of my career. I, I could also see uh, gravitating back to professional football. Um, it's just different. Like, you know, you, you lose some of that connection, recruiting, all that kind of stuff, but the coaching side of things and the athletes are pretty special. So um, it, the timing's not right for me now, though. My, my kids are on the – uh, on my on my team and you know and, and my daughter and everything so who knows though someday could be soon uh I just I just don't know but uh that would be pretty neat though to coach with AC it'd be pretty neat to be back in Montreal um if I ever do go the professional route maybe it'll end up back there I just don't know but um I, I know I'm going to be involved with the sport of football and I know I love the game and I love uh at least trying to help uh help what I know about the game imparted on some young men anyway yeah, I think I, I think I speak for everybody when I say we would love to have you back back in the city and, and coaching for this team, especially with all the success you've had in university. But, uh, Scott, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on, and obviously good luck, and, and hopefully you see you guys back in the Vanier Cup this year. I appreciate that. And one last plug for Jim out at Cunningham's. Go get some wings, man. I'm, cra I'm just sitting here just thinking about the wings and, like, oh. <laughs> anyway. I appreciate you having me on and, and what you do and helping, uh, you know, give uh, more exposure to uh, to not only the CFL, the game of football, but especially the Alouettes and what they do, because I know it's a first class organization with Mark Waitman back there as president as well. Mark is an outstanding man. Um, and that that's really good. You know, they're going the right way with with Danny and with Jason and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you.